<clears throat> well, we've been talking about the Word of God. How many of you know it's a good thing? Is it a good thing? And we're going to continue on today. I quit when he tells me to quit. So if I have to preach on the Word till he comes back, I'll just preach on the Word. Is there anything better? Hebrews chapter 11. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we just ask now you open our ears. Let us hear the richness of your word today. We just bind every hindering spirit in the name of Jesus that would hinder us from hearing your word in our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the persuasion The confidence. Faith is persuasion. It's confidence that you have. Faith is something. It's confidence and persuasion in substance. And substance is something. It is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's the assurance of what you hope for that it's going to come. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. I remember, Steve, don't you, back in the, when we was trying to set elders in our church, and none of us feel like we needed to be an elder because we didn't qualify. Finally, somebody come up with this verse. Oh, it's by faith you had turned a good report. So then that made us qualified. The only way you can qualify is by faith. Do you remember that, Steve? That's the only reason we may become elders because we did it by faith that we could obtain a good report. It worked. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. The title of this message is Lives Framed by the Word of God. Your lives are framed by the Word of God. See, we see through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Can you catch that? So that the things which are seen were not made but things which do appear. God's Word spoken created it. It created that. Uh, I was reading the Young's and it says, By faith we understand the ages to have been prepared by the saying of God. The ages, not just a little bit, the ages, eternity, was prepared by the word of God, by the sayings of God. That's powerful. Can you catch that? By the sayings of God. Mm. All right. And then he goes on to say, let's go on down. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, his righteous, righteous, God testifying of his gift, and by it being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God hath translated him, and before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. I was thinking the other day, you know, Enoch was taken. He didn't see death. Everybody else saw death. But him and Elijah, I guess as far as I can see in the scriptures, those are the only two that never saw death. Huh? They didn't see death. They were taken before their death. But this verse... But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
Huh. You know what? If, if it's impossible to please God without faith, then we can't please God without God. Without faith, it's impossible. So that means we can't possibly please God without faith. Thank God that we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us. So now it's possible for us to please God, right? Because he gives us the faith to please him. Amen. I got too much Holy Ghost wind coming across here. Turn the pages for me. Hallelujah. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Yes, thank you, Lord. Okay, let's start in about verse 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that you put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. How many of you have put on the new man? Which is exchanged, that's the word renewed there is a good word, but it's exchanged into the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, for Christ is all and in all. Say he is in all. How many is all? That's all. Put on, therefore, because of that, put on as the elect of God, <coughs> holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so do you. Even as, so do you. And that's, that's the gospel of grace right there. And above all these things, what's above mean? Above all, put on charity or agape, which is the bond of maturity or perfectness. Now, <clears throat> and let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let it what? Umpire is that word. Let it umpire in your heart, to which also you're called into how many bodies? One body. And be ye what? Thankful. Thankful. Now it says, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Let the word of Christ, let what word? It's his word dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and whatsoever you do, verse 17, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to the Father by him. Now, it says the words of Christ refer you back to John chapter 1. And we go back to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now, these are the words of Christ that said, Let dwell in you richly. In all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In Christ was life, and that life was the light of men. The life shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. That all men might do what? He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lights every man that comes into the world. How many men does it light? Every man. God has set eternity in the heart of every man. A divinely planted sense of purpose that nothing under the sun but God can satisfy. Ecclesiastes 3.11. God put it in how many men? He said eternity in the heart of every man. 
not just a few. That's why there's so many religions, because that thing that's in most men, they're, they're getting deceived into thinking it's something else than what it really is. God put it there. Oh, thank you, Lord. All right, where did I get to? I got sidetracked. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, that means to take him. He gave the power to become sons of God, even to those that believe into his name. You got that? Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, which was Christ, and dwelt among us. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and what? Truth. That is the words of Christ. It's grace and truth. Let grace and truth establish your life. That is the words of Christ. They are full of grace and truth. John, by witness of him, saying, This is he who who I spake. And he that comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness, not half a cup, of his fullness have we all received grace. And that little word there is exchange. Grace in exchange for grace. He gives you grace and then he exchanges it for more grace. You'll never run out of grace. The many-sided grace of God is grace for more grace. He gives you grace and then he'll exchange that grace for greater grace. And more grace. There's no running out of his grace. And that's why we said a while ago, God is the God of all grace. And he's able to make all grace abound to you, that you have an all sufficiency may abound unto every good work. Give me an amen. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Oh, God at sundry times spake by the prophets, but in these last days has spoken to us by his Son. By whom he is appointed heir of all things. Not some things, but what? All things. You know, the scripture says, the scripture says, Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Hebrews chapter 3. He's the high priest of our confession. What is that saying? He's the high priest of our profession. That means to say what he said. God has put his word in our hearts to speak what he said. He is the high priest of what we speak. And, and, and that's an awesome responsibility he's given us. I'm convinced few Christians realize that we will never rise above our confession. Let me say it again. Few Christians realize we will never rise above our confession of his word in our life. You have to have his word in your heart. Attend unto my word, incline your ears to my saying, let them not depart from your heart, keep them in the midst of your, out of your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for their life to those that find them and health to all your flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the wellsprings of life. That's the issue of life. That's why we need to allow the word of God to frame our lives, because the word is our life. Christ is our life, and the word became flesh. So the Word is our life, and we've got to allow our lives to be framed by the Word of God. Amen? Because what you see is not what you get. You look at me, but that's not who I am. That's who I was. We look at no man after the flesh anymore, or supposed to. Amen? We will either rise or fall to the level of our confession. 
Revelation 12, 11 says, We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we love not our souls unto the death. How are we going to overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony about what Christ's blood has done for us and what he's made us. We need to say what he's made us. That's right. Unbelievers, this is what's powerful. I've seen many unbelievers take these principles and make it work for them. A lot of not of sinners in this world think they can do anything. And you know what? Most of them do. Because they believe they can. They believe it in their heart. They say it with their mouth. And they do what they say they're going to do. Now, they don't understand the principle behind it. But they know it's a, it's a law that works regardless. Right? You don't have to have be a Christian to make God's words work for your life. Amen. There's too many examples in the scripture for that. And, and we see it over and over. You know, I was thinking about over here in, in, in Genesis when I was writing this. And uh, when God said here in chapter 11, in the Tower of Babel, it says in verse 1, Genesis 11, 1, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. That's pretty well one, isn't it? And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, they found the plain of the land of Sinar, and they dwelt there. And they said... What did they do? It's important what you say. They said, one to another, go to, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And, let's go on. They had bricks for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad from the face of the earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And the Lord said, Behold, the people are one, and they have one language, and this they begin to do. Now nothing will be restrained from them which they have purposed. Imagined is that word purposed to do. See, purpose is a powerful thing in your life. Purpose. Nothing will be impossible for them that they purpose to do. Were they Christians? No. Not by our sins. So he had to do what? It says, so the Lord scattered him. He said, let's go down and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. It's called confusion. The Lord scattered them abroad on the face of the earth and left them to build from building the city. Therefore is the name called Babel, which means what? Confusion. Because the Lord did there confuse the language of all the earth, and thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon all the face of the earth. See, Babel is confusion. So what's the opposite of confusion? God didn't give us, yeah, peace, confusion, but understanding. They had understanding to do anything they set their heart to do. But confusion comes in, and it destroys your purpose. And so that's what the enemy does. He'll take this. The Bible says, With the heart man believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Romans 10. It's into salvation. You believe it in your heart, right? And with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Did you catch it? The mouth's very important. Said in your heart. So they said it in their heart and they, they said it with their mouth and believed in their heart that they would become successful 
And every, whatever they do, they put their hands to is going to prosper, and it does. On the other hand, whenever something's set before you to do and you say, I can't do that, the moment you say, I can't do that, you're bound by that law, and you can't do that. It opens the door to unbelief. Your faith is nullified. When you say, I can't do something, immediately you can't do something. You open the door for that to be a reality in your life. See, it's so important. The moment you say you do not have faith, unbelief will rise up like a giant. Your words are imprisoned by your negative. You are imprisoned by the negative words. Proverbs 6, 2 says you are snared by the words of your mouth. The margin in the King James says you are taken captive with the words of your mouth. That's a little stronger, isn't it? You are taken captive by the words of your mouth. See, death and life, Proverbs 18, 21, is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What's in there, power of the tongue? Death and life. I remember one time I heard, uh, I don't remember who it was, maybe one of the faith guys, said if God was to come down right now and say to you, from this moment on, everything you say will come to pass, would it change the way you talked? Would it create fear or would it create excitement? Why fear? Because a lot of things we say, we don't want it to come on us, we just want to say them. But if everything we said come to pass... Well, I wonder why Jesus said in that day of judgment, every man will give uh, account for every idle word spoken. Every idle word spoken, we're going to give an account of. I don't totally understand that, but I didn't write it. He did. Why? Because death and life's in the power of the tongue. And he creates the fruit of the lips. He confirms the word of his messengers. And what did James say? Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. This ought not be. Bless and curse not. You with me? All right. They dominate our life. Hebrews eleven six tells us that God demands that we have faith, and He gives us that faith. Galatians two twenty, Acts three sixteen, and it says, "In His name, through faith in His name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by Him. Where did the faith come from? Catch it." You don't have to go out and try to have faith. He's given you faith. The faith that you have is by him. So by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto him. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given this man perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Acts 26. And it says here in about verse 16 to 19. He will give you an inheritance among them which are sanctified. By faith that is in me. Where did the faith come from? All them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Catch it. That's where the faith comes from. And we are in union with him. If we ever really open our eyes to see who we really are and where we really are and what's going on around us, it's going to be incredible. Mm. Let's let's look. I think it's important. Let's, Let's look in Romans chapter 10. Romans 8, 
What say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. What was they preaching? The word of faith. If thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. December 31st, 1970 at 9.30 p.m., I quoted that verse. I confessed with my mouth and I believed in his, my heart that Jesus would save my soul, and he did, with signs following. Whew, I get goosebumps. For with the heart man believes into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all, into all that call upon him. For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you with me? How then shall they call in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Isaiah chapter 52. The gospel of what? What's this gospel called? It's the gospel of peace. Bring good tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, all right, so what is the gospel? Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53 is the gospel. That is the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John may be gospels, but the original gospel is Isaiah, chapter 52 and 53. That's the gospel. And who hath believed their report? Has Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed their report? So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the gospel of Isaiah 52 and 53. That's the word of God. I heard that preached so much through the 80s and 90s. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But it says, so then. You've got to look up the verse ahead to see what so then's all about. It's the gospel of Isaiah 53. And if you go and you study Isaiah 53 and meditate on it day and night and observe to do all that's there, you're going to find out that Jesus died for your spirit, your soul, and your body. That's the good news of the gospel. Amen. And so the word is working. For with the heart we believe into righteousness. That word is into and into salvation. Confession with your mouth into salvation. So it's true. You can have whatsoever you say. I mean, I remember that through the faith movement. Too many people, I heard them saying, oh, that's that blab it and grab it message. Well, you know, there's some truth to what they said. You've got to remember, it, it's, there's some truth to what it says. I remember Mark eleven twenty three and 24 was one of the favorite verses. Saying to you, whosoever shall say... Under this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things that he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Remember that? Sure we do. We all remember that. Oh, I said faith much. Hey, let me remind you who said it. It wasn't that faith much. It was Jesus. You shall have whatsoever you say. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have all against any, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you. But who was he talking to? Those that were under the law. Amen. That's part of it. 
It's that confession. If you say it, believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth and believe it those things without doubting, doubt not, doubt not in his heart and believe those things which he saith come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he saith. Confession precedes possession. Catch that. Confession precedes possession. We want to have something before we confess we have it. Because that's just wisdom. That's natural thinking. You don't want to be confessing you have something till you actually have it. That's not faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Amen? Amen? We must confess God's word to bring into reality what we desire. We must believe the word coming out of your mouth. Many times people say, oh, I wish I had that kind of faith. How many of you said, I wish I had that kind of faith? I'm on. I'm raising both hands. How many of you set out? He says, why didn't he set? Because you don't have no faith. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Well, he gives us a measure of faith, but I guess that measure he gave me is just not enough. Anybody out there? So I got to work on my faith. Ye, ye building yourselves up in his most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's his faith. Just build it up, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's his faith. But we're trying to say our faith, just if I only had some faith. Jesus said that to some, but they hadn't come to the place where Jesus gives it freely to us. They still had to earn it. They had to work for it. Not anymore. It's a gift of God. Oh, now let me read you something. Oh, if we only had faith. But it's a gift of God. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Maybe you don't have this underlined. Maybe you should. We having the same spirit of faith. Now let me say it again. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. We have the same spirit of faith. Paul didn't say we're trying to have it. He didn't say we're hoping someday to have it. Did he? He said we have the same spirit of faith. What kind of spirit of faith? The same. Not another. It's the same. And it's been freely given to us. You know, in Matthew chapter 9, I want you to just look at some of these. We've gone on them bef- over them before. But I want us to look at this, starting in verse 18. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler who worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead. Now what he said was true. She was now dead. But come, lay hands upon her, and she shall live. Catch what the father said. She's dead, but if you come and you lay your hands on my daughter, she's going to live. That's faith. That's, do you, you catch what that, the power of what he said? And Jesus arose and followed him, so did his disciples. And a woman was diseased, diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him and touched his garment, and she said within herself, What did she do? If I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. But when Jesus turned about and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. That was that he was going on his journey. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrel and the people making a noise, he said, Give place, for the maid is not dead. What was Jesus saying? She's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in, took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And his fame went all throughout the land. 
And every time Jesus healed the two blind men, he, they came to him, and I know what they said, Lord, heal of her blindness. He said, do you believe that I can do this? They said, we believe you can. According to your faith, be it done unto you. That word is persuasion, the confidence. See, if all the miracles had been done, the Bible says, that Jesus did, they wouldn't be able to contain them in this book. So they saw all that Jesus did. They had built a foundation of confidence knowing that whatever he said, he would, it would happen. They were persuaded that whatever they said, it would happen. That's the confidence you've got to have. It's not confidence in you. Listen, we are living by the word of another and his word. All the promises won't let go of you. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises. Who spoke those promises? God. Can his word fail? No, not according to Isaiah 55. It says it will, re- it return, it will not return void. It will accomplish what I sent it for. His word will bring forth fruit. It will not fail. He said it. Every promise is, is, will not let go of us. You know, thinking in, in Numbers chapter 30, 13 and 30, when Caleb and Joshua came back from searching out the promised land, or the land of promise, some places says promised land, and some places say the land of promises. The land of promises. Are we living in the land of promises? We have all these promises. They came back, and we know the report they gave. And it says, and, and Caleb and Joshua had the same spirit of faith. And Caleb still the people before Moses said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome. Now these were the only two that went in. The ten men said, We'd be not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we. Amen? Now, Numbers chapter 14, verse 2 says, And they said, Would to God we had died in the wilderness. What did they say? Would to God we had died in the wilderness. So what did God say? God said, As they have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto them. As they have spoken in my ears, so will I do to them. Why is it so important to us to talk positive, talk faith words, to let the words of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord? Why is that important? As you've spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Why is it so important that we watch our words? I create the fruit of the lips, he says in Isaiah. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace. And the Lord went with his disciples, confirming their words with signs following. Not just their word, confirming his word that was in them. And Lord, behold their threatenings and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth your hand and that signs and wonders will be done by the name of the Holy Child Christ Jesus. His word, his arm. You've got to realize we've been given to a, a, a... a whole lot, and we're responsible for that. Right. So it's important that we need to know what it says. Then we talked a few weeks ago about the centurion, verse 8, chapter 8 of Matthew. And he came to Jesus. He said, Lord, my servant is grievously sick and tormented. And he said, "Come, would you come and heal him? Jesus said, I will come and heal him. He said, it's not necessary for you to come to my house. I'm a man under authority. I say to one, he come, and he comes, another go. I understand authority, he said. 
All you have to do is just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus marveled. said, I have not seen that kind of faith nowhere in Israel. And he was not an Israelite. I've not seen this kind of faith nowhere in Israel. And Jesus said, your servant is whole. And he left on that word. And when he was going back, his servants met him and said, that he is healed, and he asked him what hour he started to bend, started to mend. At what hour did he start to mend? And he knew it was the very time that Jesus said, your servant's healed. It's faith in his word. Has nothing to do with us, guys. Why is it so important to what? To let the word of God, Christ, dwell in you richly. Richly. And you know what God said? I will put a new heart within you. And he says, I'll put my words in your heart. That's why we got an old heart and a new one. We need to let the word out of the new heart live in us richly. Teaching and admonishing one another. So don't talk failure or defeat. That comes from the old nature. And we all know that that stuff dwells in our flesh, but we don't have to go there. We don't have to go there. Why? 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Say it over. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Jesus said, in me you shall have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good courage. I've overcome the world. So, who are we? We're not of the world. He's called us out of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of it because we know who we are. So our words can be filled with faith or they can be filled with fear. Now, if you sit in front of that TV and watch the world news tonight, every night, and every morning and every day, and you get your head filled with all the fear stuff they give you all the time, out of the buns to heart, the mouth's going to speak. I'd recommend something better. Just a thought. Just, he says just one channel over to TBN. Depends on where you're getting your cable source. Let the words dwell in you. The Holy Spirit's job is to come and bring to your remembrance everything that he said. But good idea if you read it so he can bring it to your remembrance. Let it dwell in you. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we just ask you to help us to spend time meditating in your word day and night. That we may observe to do all that is written therein. Then you will make our way prosperous and then we will have good success. And, Father, we thank you that your word does live and abide in every one of us, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now go eat a good old meal.